You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. If you would, open your Bibles to John chapter 14, or you can just follow on the screen today. There's a it's always a, there's always several things that any pastor loves to see happen uh, in a church service. One and the most important one is for someone to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? So if you're here today and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you have been searching... Maybe you have tried all kinds of ways, but one thing you're going to know very well today, and you're going to leave this place, and there shouldn't be any doubt in your mind, there is only one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus and Jesus alone. The second thing is, you've heard us, we talked last week about the Good Shepherd, and we talked about where it says, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. And we talked about how a shepherd can separate four or five, can, they can have the, all their flocks and just go out and start calling their sheep. And they recognize their voice and they'll go directly to that shepherd. And I say all of that because some of us today, depending on where we are in our spiritual lives, we have been maybe running from God. We're not as sensitive as we need to the, the Holy Spirit. And we need to get back to that place that we not only hear the shepherd, but we obey the shepherd. The other thing is, the thing that I think many people need every day in some facet of their life is healing. Whether that is spiritual healing, physical healing, emotional healing, or whatever that may be. But there are things that are going on that we just need help with. We need the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know, before you can get any of those other things, those last two things that I'm talking about, is you have to know the shepherd first. And when you know the shepherd, understand, that's when no one can pluck you out of his hand. You may have to excuse me today, I've got a voice problem here. So most of you know, if you've been here, today is the fifth week of a seven-week series entitled, Jesus, I Am. We're looking at the seven important statements that Jesus made in the Gospel of John. And each one of these statements begin with a significant biblical phrase, I Am. We're learning about who Jesus is and how that changes who we are. Remember I said at the very first, in, the, in the very first series, I am changes who I am. In other words, who he is changes who I am. So today we come to chapter 14. We're going to look at the first six verses, but let's just begin with verse 6. Where Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. Now let's read that together. Jesus said to him, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Do you believe that? This is, and is in fact, one of the most well-known and most controversial statements Jesus made during his time on earth. I mean, you can see that as being arrogant, can't you? He is not only speaking words of comfort and compassion, but he's also speaking words of clarity and conviction. He comforts his followers when he says in verses 1 through 3, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. We use this at a lot of funerals, as you know. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Aren't you thankful for that? But then he makes some very bold and exclusive claims when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. An overwhelming majority of Americans continue to believe that there is life after death and that heaven and hell both exist. What's more, 77% in a national survey think that they are going to heaven. Only one half of 1% said they believe they will go to hell. Man, we're really optimists at heart over here, aren't we, in the U.S.? Theologian Robert Johnson, professor of theology at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California, said, commenting on the survey results, most people believe they will go to heaven. Do I have that on the screen there? If not, because... First of all, they have been a good person. You ever heard anybody say that? Pastor, I'm going to heaven. I've been a good person. They have done good deeds for others. They have been faithful in attending church. They have given money to the church. Now, I said last week, for those of you who are here, and if you weren't here, hear this, but a lot of people, Baptists, think only Baptists are going to heaven. And I told you, just remember this. Whatever your denominational tag is, it will either fall off in heaven or it will burn off in hell. There are no denominations in heaven. Only blood-bought, saved people in heaven. Millions of Americans mix secular and various religions, religious views to create their own personal belief system. Their views come from different sources, books, televisions, movies, and conversations with their friends. Rather than to embrace one particular viewpoint, what people are saying is, I can probably put together a philosophy of life for myself that is just as accurate, just as helpful as any particular faith might provide. You see, there's only one problem with that. If Jesus really is the way, the truth, and the life, then that means that I'm not allowed to make my own way, right? I must follow his path. I'm not allowed to live my own truth or live my own yeah, truth. I must embrace the truth. Is that correct? And I'm not allowed to live my own life. 
I need to discover that real life is found only in who? Jesus. Jesus Christ alone. So we need to discover and understand that Jesus is the only way. So the first thing I want you to see is there is a pathway to follow. I am the way. Remember in each of these seven I am statements, the context is so important. It is. Because Jesus here had been teaching his disciples. And now he's teaching them that he must go away. Then he tells them about heaven. He reminds them that he is going to prepare a place for those who follow him. And he tells them how to get where he is going. Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. That's exactly what he's telling his disciples. And Jesus makes it clear that there is a pathway to follow. But it's not the world's pathway. But there's only one pathway. In fact, each of these three descriptions, way, truth, life, has the definite article in front of it. In other words, the word the precedes each word, meaning that he is exclusively the only pathway to follow in order to get to heaven. You see, we don't like this way of thinking from time to time in our modern way of life. We have many ways to get to one place. If I told you that you were going to, uh, to Washington, D.C., you have multiple options to consider. I mean, you might want to drive there. You might want to fly there. Or maybe you want to fly to Baltimore and maybe take a train from Baltimore to D.C. Or you could fly, you just drive whatever airports and fly out of there. And the larger airport, you'll have a lot of different ways that you can go. But the, understand, we don't like being told there's only one way. But this morning, I'm telling you, there is only one way to get to heaven. There is only one way to get to Jesus, and that is through Jesus alone. In Matthew 7, verses 13 through 14, Jesus urges us, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow, the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are, say that word with me, few. He paints a very clear picture of what it means to find and follow this pathway that leads to something we call life. And he contrasts that with the easy way that leads to destruction. In other words, most people aren't going to find this path that leads to life. That's not Pastor Al, that is Matthew right here. You see it, it's the Word of God. It is only found in Christ. And then a very, very important verse, and we've already talked about this, but it's Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. And there is salvation and no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Wabash, a town in a remote portion of Labrador, Canada, was completely isolated for some time. But several years ago, a road was cut through this wilderness to reach it. 
And Walbush, listen, is now just one road, but it's leading into it, and thus only one road leading out. So if someone would travel this unpaved road for six to eight hours to get into Walbush, there is only one way he or she could leave, and that is by turning around. Hear this. Each of us, by birth, arrives in a town called sin. As in Wabash, there is only one way out of a road built by God himself. But in order to take that road, one must, what, first turn around, right? There's a thing called repentance there. Must turn around. There's no other way out of town. That's it. You have to do it. The complete about face, what the Bible calls repentance. And without it, there's no way out. Jesus says, I am the way. But the theme song of those who oppose Christ is found in the title of the Frank Sinatra song, I Did It My Way. Now, if you've never heard this, listen to this. There's an interesting article in the New York Times from 2010 that describes a dangerous outcome of singing the song in karaoke bars. The article says, the authorities do not know exactly how many people have been killed warbling. My way, in other words, you look it up, that's about singing. And have been killed warbling my way in karaoke bars over the years in the Philippines. And how many fatal fights it has fueled. But the news media have recovered at least half a dozen victims in the past decade and includes at least a half a dozen victims uh, that have also been killed. And it includes them in a subcategory of crime dubbed the My Way Killings. In fact, many karaoke bars have simply removed the song from their list of options because of the violence it has caused. Now listen, doesn't it seem very ironic, but almost prophetic, that those who choose to sing about living life their own way end up finding destruction and even death. The my way philosophy is the very essence of anti-Christian thinking. Think about that. It is. Jesus says, I am the way. He is the only path that leads to eternal life. You understand Jesus is the way to holiness? There are some people who think that holiness is the way to Jesus. But Jesus is the way to holiness. Jesus is also the way to happiness. Now, the world can give you a synthetic happiness. And that happens, uh, that happiness will be there when good things happen, but it will disappear when bad things happen. Only Jesus can give you a happiness that is internal rather than external, and external rather than temporal, and eternal rather than temporal. Think about that. Jesus is also the way to where? Heaven. An old country preacher said, Jesus is the escalator to heaven. 
That really is true. You are either on the way, you are saved, and showing others how to be saved, or you are in the way. You are a stumbling block to others being saved. Or you are off the way. You are lost and you need to find the way. Jesus says, I am the way. So again, he is the only path to follow that leads to eternal life. But secondly, there is a principle to embrace. I am the truth. You see, the world is very confused about the truth. Can I get an amen on that? In fact, a survey conducted by the Barna Group concluded that truth is increasingly regarded as something felt rather than something known. In other words, if it feels good, it must be true. Truth is now considered totally relative and no longer objective. People believe that you can embrace your truth or live your truth while I live my truth that's completely different than yours. You see, because of fake news, you ever heard of that? Because of fake news and social media rumors, people no longer believe in the truth. They, they don't trust anything or anyone. They only trust what they can feel or experience. Berna calls this the post-truth culture. We have this term going around called council culture. Many Americans, 56%, especially millennials, 64%, don't feel that one religious, any one religious text has a monopoly on truth, but that they are all different expressions of the same spiritual message. As a result, some spiritually inclined Americans seek faith outside of the local church context, as is the case with the spiritual but not religious <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> or those who love Jesus but not the church. In stark contrast to the feelings and whims of our current climate, Jesus says, I am the truth. The truth is exclusive. He is not the one, listen, he is not one way of many. He is the one and only way. I can't express that enough. This truth is universal. He is not claiming to be true for one segment of the population or one specific demographic. He is claiming to be absolute truth. That which is true for all people, for all places, and for all time. See, the world shouts, let me live my truth. And Jesus stands and boldly claims, I am the truth. Look at this. No matter how rich, successful, religious, moral, and upright, popular, or powerful you are, you come to God through Jesus or you don't come at all. That statement is not arrogant, just true. Truth is always exclusive, always dogmatic, always intolerant of non-truth. Otherwise, it would not be truth, eternal and absolute. It makes no difference 
whether the truth is a mathematical truth, a scientific truth, or here as a, a spiritual truth. Truth is always, in some sense, narrow. It is error that is broad and accommodating. Let me give you an example. We have some students in here. For example, students, the next time you take a test in school and you get a bad grade because you got some answers wrong, just tell your teacher that you were simply speaking your truth to the questions on the test, okay? Let me know how that goes for you. See how that is received. I would bet it won't be received very well at all because the teacher knows there is only one right answer and an infinite number of wrong answers. You don't, listen, you won't do very well on your test if you live by the assumption that there's no such thing as truth. You see, this just doesn't work out in reality. And people like the way it sounds, but when put into practice, it doesn't work. For instance, to say there's no such thing as truth is actually a statement of truth. Since Jesus is the truth, he excludes all error, no matter how popular, widespread, ancient, or convincing it may be. No one comes to the Father except through me. He says that rules out all the world's false religions. It demands that all people, all people, excuse me, got my place, just lost it there, have to come through the Father everywhere. Listen, we are filled with wrong ideas about how to get to Jesus. Can you raise your hand if you have had anybody to tell you there's more than one way to get to heaven? It's crazy, isn't it? And now even in some of your churches, there are pastors, pastors of different religions saying the same thing. We need to understand that today. There is this world is just a messed up place right now. It's almost... Like we're in two different countries, amen? But I don't want to go down that road right now, okay? So no one comes to the Father except through me. He, said, he says that rules out all the world's false religion. It demands that all people everywhere repent of their wrong ideas and come to him. Remember, we come to Jesus. Now, don't miss this. Many different ways. Now, I just said there's only one way, but listen. We come to Jesus many different ways. You know why? Because we all have different stories different backgrounds, and different experiences. There are many paths that lead us to the point of trusting Christ. But there's only one way to God, and that is through His Son, Jesus Christ. Some of us had to be taken out back and beat, beat half to death to come to know Jesus, it sounds like. And some, you just heard the story, you believed it, you accepted it. You know what I mean? Sometimes people ask the Lord in their heart on their deathbed. But you know what? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and he died, and he arose again, and third, he rose on the third day, guess what? And you ask him in your heart as your Lord and Savior, you're a Christian. And you have found that way. You have found that truth. You have found that life. We need to understand that. You see, the world wants you to believe 
that we're all taking different paths to the same place. We're all traveling different roads. But one way or another, all of those roads will take us to God. But Jesus said, all of those other roads lead to destruction, and there's only one road that leads to life. The one and only truth is Jesus. The one and only way is Jesus. And this brings us to our last point. There is a promise to receive. I am the life. In this one statement, Jesus gives us a pathway, a principle, and a promise. He is our way to the Father. He is our truth in a world full of lies. And He is the life in the midst of death and destruction. Jesus says, I am the life. This is a promise for us to receive. Jesus offers life. The word life is a very important word in the Gospel of John. He uses this word and one of its, in one of its forms 56 times in his gospel. John 1.4 says, In him was life, and life was the light of men. The word in the Greek is zoe, Z-O-E. Now, a lot of times, you know, people today, they spell their name zoe, maybe that way, or Z-O-E-Y, okay? And there's always meanings in word. Every time when we have uh, pastor, I mean, not pastor, uh, baby dedication, we try to uh, let everybody know what those names mean. And I always like Gary to do it because if he messes up, it don't come back to me. So, but listen, the word means life. It means full life. It means vitality and purpose. It's a Greek word, okay? So listen to me. If your name is Zoe, it means full life. It is more than just an existence. It is life more abundantly. And I still can't say enough about the abundant life. We need to understand that we can have a full filled life, an abundant life while we're alive right here on earth. When Jesus says that he is the life, he doesn't want us to understand that we exist because of him and will one day live eternally. Although both of those things are true, there's even more to it than that. He wants us to know that we can have significance and purpose, meaning, and hope because He is our life. And because of Jesus, this life has meaning, and we will also experience life in heaven one day. And it is abundant life here and eternal life hereafter. So look at this. We have a choice to make. It's a choice between life or death. You know, God commanded his people in the Old Testament to do a lot of things. Uh, God didn't have a lot of mercy sometimes in the Old Testament. I got a couple of my guys here that are doing their master's online now, and some are in the Old Testament, and they're going, my goodness gracious, Lord just didn't cut much slack back here in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 30, 19 and 20. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life, that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying His voice and holding fast to Him, for He is your life and length of days. Scott Kerman, I don't know if you ever heard this before, uh, calls himself a professional gate crasher and with good reason. How many of you have ever wanted to get into a free event, especially a sporting event or concert, tickets were sold out? And I'm not going to ask some of you, even you older people in your 60s, 70s, 80s, how many of you ever snuck in 
You didn't sneak in, you snuck in. If you want to know that definition, I'll give it to you later. But listen, he claims he has attended 300 sporting events or concerts, including 25 World Series baseball games, and he has done so without paying a penny. In fact, he has written a book that describes 50 ways to sneak into concerts and sporting events. Scott's gate crashing raises all sorts of ethical questions, but let's move beyond that to a higher issue. Think with me what it takes to get into heaven. Jesus said there is only how many ways? One way to get in through, and that is get in is through him. All right, that's John 14, 6. So the ticket is personal faith in Christ, believing that he paid a penalty for sin and accepting his offer of forgiveness as a gift. That's what we have to do. That and that alone guarantees admission. There's no way to crash the gates of glory and it makes absolutely no sense to try. <clears throat> Nobody will enter into the presence of God unless that person is escorted by Jesus Christ himself. People, listen, gate crash events because of the high cost of tickets and the thrill of sneaking in. Listen, church, we could never, ever pay the price, could we? Never to get into heaven because Jesus paid it all. Amen? He paid it all for us. There will be no greater joy than being there with him. Christ is the only door into heaven. He is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. So let me close out here. Proverbs 14, 12 says this. There is a way that seems right to a man, but, it end, but its end is the way to death. Notice something very interesting about this verse. It contrasts man's way and God's way. The Bible says there is a way. It seems right, but it leads to death. Jesus answers every one of these problems. He is not a way. He is the way. He does not seem right. He is the truth. And he does not lead to death. He leads to everlasting life. Everlasting life. Now hear this before I pray for our invitation. At least three things are necessary if anyone is going to heaven. First of all, you must believe in heaven. You must believe in heaven. Now there's a heaven whether you believe there's one or not. But if you don't believe in heaven, you're certainly not going there. Secondly, you must want to go to heaven. Not everybody that wants to go to heaven is going. But anybody that does not want to go is not going. And finally, you must know the way to heaven. And I just told you that. There is only one way to heaven, and it is not your way, nor is it my way. It is God's way and God's way alone. People, we come to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And some of you can come up here and testify that you heard sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon, and you knew that you needed to give your life to Christ, but you didn't. But one day, praise God, you did. 
People are looking for all kinds of ways to get to heaven. But the good news is there is a way. And the greater news is there is just only one way. And it's God's way. Let's pray together. If you're here this morning, and as I said earlier, you don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Why not just right now, just do that. Just pray this prayer softly in your heart to Jesus. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And Lord, after hearing this sermon today, that you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. Father, I believe that today. Now, Father, would you please forgive me of the sins that I have committed in my life? Father, would you come into my life now and save me and be the boss of my life? Father, will you surround me with the friends that I need? God, would you help me to just fall in love with you like I could never fall in love again with anyone? Father, thank you for hearing my prayer. And thank you that now I am a child of yours. Some of you are here today and maybe you've just been struggling in your Christian life. And you just need to draw closer to Jesus. Maybe you just need to come to the altar today and, and just pray. Maybe you need to come and grab one of us pastors by the hand and share some of that with us. And there's many here today, <clears throat> because I talk to you all the time, that needs physical healing. God is still in the miracle business. We're going to be doing a series on miracles right after this one. Some of you need an emotional healing. And some of you need spiritual healing. But whatever kind of healing you need today, whatever need you may have in your life, Jesus knows it before you even tell him. So why don't you come today and ask for that prayer and ask God to just heal you in your life. Now, Lord, we know that your word never returns void. So God, every word that has been spoken today, every word that has been sung, every word that's been on the screen, we leave it to you to do as you see fit. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.